Jackson. Shut your mouth, broadcasting. First round draft pick. Believe we got stats, kid. Quarterback sacking. 100 yard dashing. So tap in for the action. What teams got traction? Welcome to the Sim Podcast Show. I'm your co host, Eric, and I'm always. Joined by my co-host Ron. What up, Ron? What's going on? You know what we do? We talk about the National Football League on a weekly basis, including the playoffs. Ron, I normally start the show by asking you how you feel this week, but I, f- you cannot feel well after what you just witnessed. Yeah, well, it is what it is. It's been a few days, right? Um, what's today? Thursday. So, you know, I've kind of just let it go. I've, I've come to reality the season's over for the Steelers and I'm in full off-season mode now like let me see what we're doing um next season that's that's where I'm at right now so that's where you're at okay mm-hmm. I feel you so we're gonna talk about last weekend of course the wild card weekend we're gonna have NFL news we're gonna have our predictions for the divisional round so let's just dive into it. So let's talk about the NFL news. Ron, coaching hires. Now, I know that we talked about coaches that were fired. And now, like a week later, maybe two weeks later, almost, they still haven't filled those roles. I know that there's a lot of interviews going on. But mm-hmm. in your opinion, are these, uh, this is just formalities, right? No, listen, I think there are a lot of open positions and a lot of good coaches out there. So I think teams are taking their time with the head coaching position specifically. There's a lot of movement with um, OCs and uh, GMs and stuff like that that's happening. Um, but I think, you know, teams are, are doing their due diligence for the most part. They're trying to figure out what direction they want to go in. Um, I think some teams made some big decisions this this past week. So, you know, Dallas bringing back McCarthy, that was a huge decision for them. Um, you know, and then uh, the stuff with the Patriots, which, which we'll talk about, like what direction they were going to go in. That was a, a big question mark. So, um, listen, there's, there's some top names out there, right? You know, Belichick, Brabel, um, Carroll, if he's looking into coaching and then um, what's his Arbog, name? Arbog. Arbog. Yeah, so there's some big names. Um, yeah, it's gonna it's probably gonna take a little bit longer than normal to get these positions filled because those big names they come with some some of it coming with baggage. Uh, some of it, uh, some of them need full control, if you will. Right? They want to have more say so in what goes on with the team. They want to be able to hire everybody on their staff. Um, so, and then there's like some teams that don't quite match that. There's some teams that have GMs already in place. Uh, some teams already have like some certain coaches in place that they want to keep. So um, it, we'll see what happens over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned before, some of these coaches, even though I feel like they have a resume, they don't need, you know, I feel like a lot of times when you go into the interviews and you have to freshen up your resume, I feel like a lot of these are like, hey, I've been coaching for 25 years. Hey, I've been coaching for five coach of the year twice. Uh, with Harbaugh, hey, I just won the national title. So I feel like these coaches have so many, so much in their resume. Mm-hmm. You feel like, hey, this is an automatic Super Bowl, but it's not. Yeah, and I think for for NFL owners themselves, they still need to know 
what is that coach expecting? Like, okay, so Arwar just won a championship. He's coming in. He's bringing, he most likely wants to bring his own crew, right? Which is understandable. What does Bill want? Bill is used to being the GM. Is he still looking for that? He didn't succeed or didn't have a lot of success doing that. Will he be okay with not running things from that standpoint? Uh, What's his plan too? If I'm interviewing Bill, I don't care what your history is. What's your plan as your OC and DC? Because you jacked that up the last couple of years. Who are you hiring? I need to know that before I, I hire you as coach. I don't care about all you've done you know i need to i need to make sure you're coming in with a with a plan so you know i i heard uh i've listened to the radio some of these people are like oh yeah just hire them i don't know why you're having you know people meet with you once or twice you, you gotta make sure if you're an owner of a team you're paying these guys millions of dollars you better know what you know what they're coming with you can't just hire people just based on their history you gotta have a plan uh you gotta make sure you're all aligned and on the same page um, what's going to happen. So not surprised it's taking a little bit longer with these guys. Uh, the other thing, we'll talk about the Gerard Mayo introduction yesterday to the press, basically making make, making it official. Ron, um, I've got to say, I saw this, I saw this introduction and I was, I was excited. I was fine for it. Hey, long time coming. There was only one part that I was just like, I, I don't know, how, I don't know how I felt, but Mayo calling Kraft Young Thunder during the the conference, and not just like more than once. I'm talking about like repeatedly, like, hey, Young Thunder, hey, Thunder, this, and I don't know if maybe they have a relationship. Oh yeah, I'm sure it's a really really tight bond, but. I mean, other than that, I I I think he said all the right things. Oh, without listen, without a doubt, without giving the house away. Yeah, no, yeah. he they. It was a good press conference. It's it's apparent that they haven't figured everything out, and that's okay, right? Because we are still in January. You, you're not necessarily going to know who's you know going to be your GM at this point, or um, like who your coordinators are, like what staff you're bringing back. It's, it's okay not to have all the answers yet. Um, so I'm glad Kraft is, you know, going to be patient with it. Uh, hopefully he's going to get input from Mayo on who to hire. Um, and then hopefully he's willing to make changes too, because the way things were done over the last few years, I think there's some things, there's probably some opportunity, you know, to look back and say, okay, it didn't work out the way we were doing things. Let's change things, you know, a little bit, um, you know, because it'll be better for our, our team. So I thought everything was handled well in that interview. And I, I hope and I think in just knowing Kraft that he it's it's not it's not like a lame duck like head coaching position where you're given two years. We know you're gonna fail because you don't have a roster, you need a quarterback. Speaking of which I need to talk about that for a sec. Um but it's not like he's setting Mayo up for failure and he's just gonna get rid of him in two years. I think they're in with Mayo for the long run. He's going to give him a, a legitimate opportunity to make the um, make the team better. Now, one thing I did not like, and this was not on the opening like introduction. Um, he did a separate interview, I think, where he kind of gave away the cards when they're asking him, what are you going to do with the third pick, basically? And he said something, oh, I'm going to take the best player available. 
but we're looking at, you know, obviously where there's certain positions that's more valuable than others, something to that effect. I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but he basically came out and said they're going after a quarterback. You know, he yeah. implied that they're, and so, and I, you know, he's first year coach, he'll learn this, but you never at any point want to give away what you're planning to do because now other teams behind you who need quarterbacks, teams in front of you know that you're, you're looking for a quarterback. They're going to, you know, drive the price up um, for you to move up. If there's a guy that you fall in love with um, these next few weeks before the draft, um, they're going to drive the price up if, if you're looking to trade up and stuff. So that part I didn't like, I think, but you know, it is what it is. He'll, you know, he'll just have experience dealing with other teams in the future. Yeah. I think he, he kind of alluded multiple times on the conference that, He's gonna. He wants collaboration, right? So he's not gonna be like uh, autonomous, like Bill was, where he had the final say. He's gonna have input from everybody. Which, yes, definitely, we needed that. And I think you're right. You know, I personally think that he has three years. But if from the looks of it, looks like the craft are just gonna let him figure it out, stay out of his way, which they always do anyways. Right. But I. I it was kind of reassurance. Yeah, yeah. Because listen, and, you know, same thing for Pittsburgh. You know, as I think back, to like the years I've been a fan, there's been times we've had bad years, and it's okay to have some bad years. But you, as long as you're, you, you know, you have faith that you're heading in the right direction, you can see improvement from year to year. I think that's all that anyone wants, and I think, you know, unfortunately, owners aren't that patient with with people. With, you know, with their coaches. And that's why coaches like get fired after three, four, four years or whatever. Uh, but I think Kraft uh, will do the right thing and give them a real shot at like turning this thing around. And the real shot turning you know, around is not going to, it's not a two or three year fix. It's a, you know, pro- probably four or five, six year fix, you know, to get in the playoffs and to, you know, have win. a good team to, to make a good run. Yeah. To win and, you know, possibly have championship. Right. Uh, the other set of news and the, the Mike, Tomlin extension it hasn't occurred, but everyone, even him himself, said in the press conference that he expects to happen. Yeah, and um, the owner actually came out and said he basically corroborated did the this, the report that they're working on an extension right now as we speak. So they are all in with Tomlin. Um, this was the year, and this is the time. I think if they were going to extend them, there it was going to happen. But we're not going to let him. I don't think go into his last year without a an extension or, or, you know, a contract for 2025. So they must have spoken. I think they're all in. I think, you know, listening to Tomlin's press conference, that was his best press conference I've ever heard, right? For the most part, he was open and honest and forthcoming. He's never been like that before. He admitted that things needed to change, um, especially in the locker room. There was some stuff that you know, Najee had, uh, you know, spoken to and alluded to just about people just being disciplined, not having a lot of structure and stuff like that. And probably, Tomlin probably didn't need that when he had a veteran team, right? You don't need structure because, you know, you got guys that know how to win. Well, it's different now. You got the youngest or second or third youngest offensive unit. Those guys needed structure, discipline. They didn't have that this year. And I think he heard that and is willing to make some changes there. Changing his coaching staff, he admitted to you know, having not having success there. Um, and on top of that, more importantly, he said he's going to go external to find somebody 
as his coordinator, right? He's never really done that outside of like Brian Flores, who he was friends with and he got him a job or whatever. He's always like elevated people from within. And that's good up to a, you know, a certain. Same, same. He did the same thing yeah. with Matt Canada. Uh, yeah. So Matt Canada like came in, I don't know, like back in 2020, 2020, I think it was as a QB coach. And then he elevated him to offensive coordinator uh, from there. So, so he's you, open to new ideas. That's what it sounds like. He's finally open to new ideas. Now, Tomlin, if you ever listen to his press conferences in the past, you know, he's always said it's it's like with free agency. Steelers are not a, a, a team. They're not a team that's known for being aggressive in free agency, going out for top stars, basically. And he said, because I know the guys that I've drafted, I know who they are, what their faults are. You know, I know what I'm getting, but with guys who are not used to, I don't care how good you are, right? If you're coming from somewhere else, if if we don't if you don't know what our culture is, you know, he I think he's been like hesitant to bring those folks in. He's admitted that openly about free agency. I think it's the same thing about with his coaching staff. You know, he likes people that are part of Pittsburgh. Uh, which is fine up to a certain extent because he doesn't have a coaching tree. Like none of the guys that have been in Pittsburgh have went on to do anything at, you know, have success anywhere. Well, Bruce Arian, he had success. He won a Super Bowl. Bruce Arians was there before Tomlin. Oh, Um, wow. Yeah. So, you know, yes. Um, But outside, you know, of that, like the coaches that Tomlin has brought in himself have not, has not had success. And I think it's because he's, only looking from inside you know he thinks this you know he's right to think the Steelers organization the culture is great but at some you know some point you need to get input from people on the outside and I'm glad that he's doing that um he spoke today in his press conference about you know being excited to shop around um and look externally for someone um which is good I think that's what fans have been wanting to hear you know from him for a long time you know, let's not just keep doing the same thing over and over and expect to have success. That's not going to work. So, you know, um, yeah, he's he's back. You know, his press conference was good. Talked about Kenny Pickett. You know, Kenny Pickett's the QB one next year. No surprise there. You you, you don't turn your back on a first round pick. But he's going to bring in competition too to to challenge Kenny uh, next year. So, which is good. He needs that too. No one should be handed a, a job either. Yeah, competition is good, he said. Competition is good. All right, Ron, let's dive right into the wild card from last weekend because there were some upsets and then some not so much upsets. So let's kick it off with the first game. Cleveland at Houston uh, had a score of 20 to 24, uh, 24 to 10. Cleveland winning, you had... Houston winning 23 to 20. Final score was 45 to 14. Now, Ron, I watched this game and there was a, you know, as Houston was scoring all those touchdowns, um, whoever was announcing it just dropped, you know, dropped like some information, something to the effect of like, oh, you know, Cleveland's defense has given up. 17 more points on the road than at home. And then he stopped. And then I was like, that was a piece of information that I totally overlooked because the defense didn't show up. Yeah. 
I was a little bit surprised how bad they played. I thought their defense was overrated um, to a certain extent. They got some stars, but um, those guys didn't show up when they needed to show up. Miles Garrett, supposed defensive player of the year. I think he had like one tackle. Nope, no, you know, rush at all on the quarterback. He was horrible. He had a bad game. Denzel Ward, their best defensive back. Didn't, you know, he was hurt and it was if he, if he was going to play, but he didn't look good at all. So all their top guys didn't play well. And then more importantly, you got what you signed up for. You knew what you had in the quarterback with Flacco and Flacco killed him, you know, with his turnovers. One pick six, right? Or was it two pick six? Two, two pick six. Yeah. Flacco killed him. You know, you can't win if your quarterback's turning the ball over left and right, you know? So, um, Listen, Cleveland had a good run. They didn't have a quarterback, though. So it was just, it was, I think, destiny at some point in the playoffs for them to fail. Now, Houston, now Houston's look good. Kind of, you know, people need to take notice of how good Stroud is, how good Nico Collins is, how good the defense is, and how, you know, locked in those, those, those guys are. Because um, if they don't, you know, you'll end up getting blown out like Cleveland did 45 14. Now, Singletary, he only had 66 yards, but he scored. And furthermore, when for some reason, when it comes to the playoffs, he plays really, really, really good. And we were just, well, I was just watching that 2021 game between Buffalo and Kansas City. And then who had a good game? Devin Singletary. So it's like you let this guy go. He goes to another team and he flourishes. So... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I was like, you know, tipping my hat to the Houston Texans because they put up a whipping. I mean, Cleveland didn't even score in the second half at all, at all. It was just, just, just an ass, good old fashioned ass whipping. Yeah. So do you think Joel Flacco comes back next year? No, he's not back at all. You know, thanks for helping. Maybe he comes back as a backup. But I think that team, and you saw today, they fired like everybody. I don't know if you noticed. They fired their OC, their DC. They, I think a lot of people got you know got fired from that team um, today. So I don't know what they're doing. I don't think they know what they're doing. Um, and then that whole Deshaun Watson situation, not not good. You know, to have that guy on their contract, paying him all that money, and you know, and and what's going to happen because he hasn't you know when he was healthy and he played, he didn't play well at all. So. Not a good situation for Cleveland to be in at all. Yeah, this is this is uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's uh, organization shattering, but they had some expectations and it was definitely not met. Uh, the next game, which I did not watch because I did not want to pay Peacock. <laughs> I don't I don't care if you had you know if you can cancel the bet next day. I just want to pay. I. Uh, you had Miami at Kansas City. You had predicted a 21-24. I had predicted a 24-17. Final score was 26-7. Did Miami even show up for this game? No. No. So, um, listen, I don't think this game was as close as that score, 26-7. Miami had no chance whatsoever on offense. They could not do anything. To a is so limited as a quarterback with what he can do. If it's not like from here to like 
25, 30 yards, he can't make the throw. He cannot throw deep. And then you throw in the elements. Like if it's a windy day, forget it. That's what happened. It was a cold, windy day. And all they could do was bubble screens all day long. And that wasn't working. You know, Kansas City was just teeing off on on them. So it was one-sided from from jump. Ron, um, did you see anything that, other than obviously Kansas City dominating, did you see anything that was even like, that you could say that, oh, the, maybe Buffalo can look into this and maybe utilize it this week? I, I don't think there was anything other than Rashid Rice, 130 yards. I don't think he's going to repeat that this week. Maybe. He might, because Buffalo secondary isn't very good. Um, they keep everything in front of them, though, which is, you know, what they did to Pittsburgh. Oh, you don't like the two safeties for Buffalo? Well, those guys, those guys are good, but their cornerbacks aren't very, very good. Um, I don't think that you can look into this game and think. I think the, the, the and we'll get to next week. I think the game could go either way. I think both teams are, are good in the city and Buffalo. Um, it can go either way um, next week. So Miami just did not belong in the play. They're not one of the best teams in the AFC. They just happened to have like a fairly easy schedule. They, they handle the teams that they're supposed to. And they lost the games that, that, you know, to teams that had a better than 500 record. Um, and they're limited. They got to figure out what they're going to do with quarterback. Cause who was great. Like I said, in Miami, South Florida, when the weather's nice, uh, you're playing crappy team, but when it starts to get playoff time, it's not going to work. It just isn't it's not going to work. All right. The Pittsburgh Buffalo, let's leave that till the end. Let's go into the Green Bay uh, Buffalo, uh, Dallas, excuse me. You had uh, Dallas winning 27 to 20. I had Dallas winning 30 to 20. Final score was 45 to 32. Ron, um, it was, we pretty much expected that Dallas was going to beat up on Green Bay, but they laid not just a normal size egg, a giant, a giant egg, especially the first half. Yeah, it was, it was bad. And I, you know, I'll give the Packers credit. They came out, they were prepared. They looked like in sync. Jordan Love was, you know, executing left and right. It, it felt like Dallas got punched in the mouth, like they just came in expecting to to win. I knew their defense is a little bit overrated. Besides Parsons, you know, I thought there was some, there's definitely some question marks, you know, around that whole defensive roster. Um, but they got punched in the mouth. They didn't know how to respond at all. And then Dak was just not good, not on his game um, at all. Um, you know, and no running game really whatsoever. You get behind early like they did. You got to end up throwing 60 attempts is what Dak had. Um, and that is a, was a recipe for disaster. Yeah, I was watching this, this game and I couldn't believe how efficient Green Bay was. I mean, they had like 50 plays compared to Dallas who had almost 90 plays. I mean... Dak 400 yards because they fell behind so early. But, I mean, Jordan Love, 21 of 16. He was just, I mean, can he repeat it, basically, what I'm saying? Can he repeat this performance against San Francisco? We'll, we'll definitely talk about it. But, you know, 
there was a time where you thought Matt LaFleur was in the hot seat. And I was like, no, nah, I think if he can get Jordan Love and straighten out, I think he'll be okay. I said he'd be in the hot seat if he doesn't get that team in the playoffs. He's in the playoffs. So, and winning. And winning on top of that. So Jordan Love got them in the playoffs. He's had a pretty good year. Not perfect, but good for his first year, especially being a starting quarterback, right? I, th- I think it's been a success. Um, so that's what I think they were hoping for, especially if you get rid of Aaron Rodgers. You know, you better get to the playoffs. They did that. Mission accomplished. And they won. So, um, no, LaFour is not on, no longer on the hot seat. Um, I don't know if anyone expected Love to play this well. Um, I don't know if anyone expected Green Bay to go into Dallas and, and dominate like they did. But hey, you know, that's they may have found their franchise quarterback. Again. 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 And, and the thing is, like, even Malafour, even on the press conference after the game, he was just like, Jordan Love. I, I He knew, it was almost like, he knew he had it in him, but he hasn't shown it yet. He showed it to Dallas, and he was just like, this is what he's capable of. Yep. I don't know. Can he repeat that? We'll talk about it. But good, good, good for Green Bay. I, I think. I think Dallas was not so much a coming out party as it was. It's just a good old smack in the face for them. Uh, let's talk about the Rams at Detroit. Ron, you had them. Detroit winning twenty-eight to twenty-seven. At Detroit winning 28 to 24. Final score was 24 to 23. Detroit. What did you think about this game? Because I, I have some thoughts. Awesome. I thought it was a great, great game back and forth. Um, as I expected. Um second half, not a lot of scoring in the second half. Um, but Detroit Goff is a good quarterback, right? He's borderline. He might be in the top 10, to be honest with you. Um, very good running game in Detroit with Montgomery and Gibbs. Those guys are a great one-two punch. And then you probably have the, you know, one of the top three receivers in Amara, Amon Ra St. Brown, uh, Jamison Williams and those guys. Those guys, you know, were good. So, And then the defense for Detroit played a little bit better than I thought they would. Um, but... I'm not surprised it was a close game. I thought it can go either way. And I said, if listen, if Detroit gets past the Rams, I'm putting Detroit in the Super Bowl. I think they're that good. I think, you know, defensively, there's some question marks for sure. Hutchinson still needs to, to, to play a little bit, you know, better and get some pressure on the quarterback a little bit more. But Detroit's a team you don't want to face, face I think, in the playoff. They're, they're a tough, they're going to be a tough out. Yeah, I mean, their offense was... As advertised, I'm still still not there. I'm, I haven't bought in with the defense. Giving up 20 points for the rest of the game. I don't know. that. I mean, it was Sean McVay, and I'm sure he was just like, hey, we can, we can uh, exploit this, whatever. But I feel like if they face a good defense, which Tampa Bay is a pretty good defense, Mm, I don't know how good Tampa Bay's defense is. I I think it's, it's better than the LA Rams defense. Maybe so. I I I I don't. I think this might be a close game uh, when they play Tampa, and we'll talk about that. But I mean, I was 
it was very exciting the first half. It was not exciting the second half because I feel like there was a chance there where the Rams could have won this game. I mean, they definitely scored more points than them than the Detroit Lions did. So there was a chance. I just got I got the the, the, the I got the feeling I got the vibe in that building that they were nervous. Who was Detroit? Detroit fans. Oh they were yeah. Nervous. But I think it. If anyone did not expect the close, what was the spread coming into this game? I, three, it looks like. No, what was? Yeah, three, three point spread, and they were the home favorite. So that basically means toss up. So Stafford's a great, you know, Hall of Future Hall of Famer quarterback. You know, he makes everybody around him better. Puka Nakua, I've seen that dude, and you know, I saw what he did to the Steelers. That dude is the real deal. Um, and then Kyron Williams, I think I've talked to you about him before. He's the running back that I wanted Steelers to draft. That, that's another steal that they got, I think, like in the fifth round uh, a couple years ago. They've been drafting well. Um, so they have a good team. They have a, you know, a good quarterback. Now, how much of a window, like how long is that window open? You know, Stafford's up there in age. Um, their defensive tackle, what's his name? Um Donald. Yeah, I don't know how much longer he's going to play. They talked about retiring last year, but he's probably not coming back. So, you know, I, ju- I just feel like if Stafford wasn't concussed, which oh yeah, he looked sure. like he was concussed, yeah. I think the Rams would have scored more points than just six. But you know, that's hey, that's why you play the game, yeah. right? That's yeah. why you play the game, and you know, and we. The players are coming out like, oh, Stafford, he didn't hurt his arm. He hurt his head, but he held his arm to make it seem like that's the injury. But it was definitely, he got concussed and he kept on playing. Um, The next game that we have on the docket, which was, you know, I don't want to say that we kind of predicted it, but Philadelphia, Tampa, you got him. You got Tampa winning twenty three to twenty. I had him winning twenty seventeen. The final score was thirty two to nine. We we were questioning the quarterback, but we should have been questioning everything about Philadelphia. Well, I was questioning everything just based on how they played the last few weeks. Their defense has been horrible, and let me tell you, they got talent. Talk about like a monumental failure in their coaching. Those guys should not be playing that badly on defense uh, for those past, you know, six, seven, eight plus weeks. They've just been terrible. No excuse for that. Jalen Hurts is hurt. I'll give him that. A.J. Brown didn't play. I get that part. But um, there is definitely some dysfunction in Philadelphia. I don't know if they've made any moves just yet. I think they announced today that Sir, uh, what's his, the coach's name? Sirianni. He'll, yeah, he'll be back next season so they're not looking to get rid of him but there is some dysfunction on that team um and it was to me it's been evident for the past three four weeks so i think that's why we both had them you know tampa winning this game and i don't you know for tampa i don't think it's anything special that they did baker mayfield has played well he's been pretty good all season um but you know it's going to be a lot tougher this this next week you're not playing a dysfunctional team uh this next week so we'll see what happens well you know i i i would want to see mike evans score a touchdown 
uh, during that game. But since everyone else did, I'm okay with it. I just feel like he's a better player. You got to get him in the game. You got to get him in the game. Mayfield, if you're listening, you got to get Mike Evans in the game. All right. So now we come to the game. Pittsburgh at Buffalo. Ron, you predicted Pittsburgh to win 17 to 13. I predicted Buffalo to win 28 to 14. Final score was 31 17. Um, Ron, why did you think Pittsburgh had a chance? The spread was nine and a half. They had a chance when the game was being played on Saturday, I think. Or was it Sunday originally? Saturday. No, Sunday, I think originally. Oh, right? Sunday, yeah, Sunday. Yeah, so when Thursday, I think when we sat down or you know, and, and did this, we knew the weather was going to be pretty bad. Um, we knew that the bad weather would favor, I like said, at least I knew the bad weather would favor Pittsburgh. So I thought it was going to be heavy winds, Lots of snow. Basically, I thought the environment was going to be favorable for Pittsburgh, where it was going to limit what Josh Allen could do, throwing the ball at least, not running the ball. You know, he can still run. But I thought, like, throwing the ball, there would be some limitation there with the weather and stuff. Now, they moved the game to Monday, and I knew from there, as soon as they moved the game, I was like, we're screwed, you know, to be honest with you, if I'm being honest. Um, So I thought, you know, when I did this prediction, I thought, for sure, we had a little bit of advantage with the weather being what it was. But, you know, when the game started, we just got punched in the mouth. Um, we tried to do the same thing, came out conservative on offense. Uh, and it wasn't until we got down like 14 nothing. I think it was, we started to open up the offense a little bit. Just a bad, bad game plan from from. Yeah, because at, at some point, I, I think you were, were down by just 11. Mm-hmm. We worked our way back. We opened up the plan. You know, we started to throw when we needed to. But, you know, Buffalo came out and did what I expected them to do. They had eight men in the box. And they said, oh, you know, you want to beat us? Let me see Mason do it. And Pittsburgh said, no, we're just going to keep running it. And it didn't work. The first two drives were punts, right? Because Najee, Jalen, they were running against like a, a floated box. So it didn't work. Um... Now, whether Mason had the opportunity to like audible out of it or not, it didn't happen, right? So the first two drives were just wasted. It was like scripted plays and we didn't make any adjustments whatsoever. And Buffalo just dared them to pass. Um, and we never adjusted until it was, you know, the game got a little bit almost out of hand. So just a bad game plan for sure. And then besides the game plan, I just thought Buffalo played more physical than Pittsburgh did, um, especially when they got, you know, when they got the lead. I think Pittsburgh was just a little bit not not as physical as they needed to be to win the game. So you basically you basically had the weather in your side. When the weather when the when the game was moved to Monday, you knew yeah, it was I over. Knew. I knew it was over. I thought I kept an eye on the weather. I was like, okay. Maybe it'll still be windy, but it wasn't. Maybe there'll still be snow. There was no snow. That field was clear. Um, you know, it was just a bad, uh, you know, matchup because we we don't have the guys to match up with their tight end. Steelers are one of the worst teams against tight ends. 
Um, Josh Allen killed us last last year passing the ball. Um, now he didn't necessarily. I think he killed us a little bit, you know, passing to tight ends this year uh, in this game. But it was more so what he did with his legs. Uh, I mean, he that had seventy four yards rushing. They had as a team one hundred and seventy nine just, and that was because there was a couple of you know the fifty two yarder by Josh Allen. But the thing is this: like once Buffalo got the lead. They almost went into like automatic. They were just like, no, we're just going to run the ball and, uh, you know, move the clock down and forget about it. Because it's almost like they knew that Pittsburgh wasn't wasn't going to score all those points all at once. Well, no. And, you know, but I'll give Pittsburgh some credit because they did work their way back uh, to make it um, almost. I think it was like a two possession game. Like it was touchdown and field, field goal, like you said. But then, you know, when we were back in the game, Josh Allen made a play or the officiating screwed us over or something bad happened. Right. Um, And we can spend a lot of time and energy on like a lot of the bad calls that happened, like Josh Allen's run. There was obvious holding. The official came out or an official came out and said should have been a holding call on that run. You know, it looked to me like Josh Allen was doing a, he did a fake slide, right? And when the defensive backs saw that, they kind of held up, held up a little bit. Now, I should have still made the tackle, but that, that, that little hesitation made Josh Allen, you know, finish the play and, and get, get in the end zone. Um, you know, and then there was like some really bad calls. Like a, it was a pass interference call with Josh Allen threw the ball into the first row. You know, they threw the flag, talked about it, talked about it, talked about it because they know it was not a catchable ball. There was no passing interference. And they say, OK, it was holding and it was no holding on, on Pittsburgh. Um, the hold on Pickens was was a bad, you know, never. They didn't call that, you know, when we need to like have a drive. I think it was like a third or fourth down call. You know, Pickens runs a slant. The guy completely holds him. Not called. So. There was some bad officiating. I'm not blaming the officiating. You can't blame the officiating when you're down before you blink 14 to nothing, right? Or 21 nothing. I'm not going to blame the officials for that. They didn't help, though, um, in that second half. Pittsburgh lost because Buffalo's a better team. They came out more, you know, better prepared. They made all the right adjustments. Pittsburgh did not. Um, you know, we came out a little bit flat and we weren't as physical. And then the officials, like it was the final nail in the coffin uh, towards the end of the game. So the better team moved on. Um, if you need bad weather to help you, give you an advantage, you know, that tells you who the better, best, better team is. And you guys, you guys trotted out Mason, right? And I mean, I'm not. He played well. He played. I mean, 39, 22 for 39. That's a lot of passing. But I say you. You guys were behind. You need we're a behind. Exactly. And the one pick that he threw was in the end. It was a, such a bad play call, man. It was it was like second down. You were running the ball, having some uh, success finally. And we throw like it was a play where it was like all hitches, you know, right. You're right on the goal line. You can't do there's no spacing whatsoever for that play call. And Mason just like threw the ball a little bit inside, which is all it took. And it was an interception right in the end zone. 
And that could have been like a huge difference uh, in the game because we were, we were going to score right there on that drive. And it was a turnover. So can't have turnovers. Um, we had a lot of turnovers at the be beginning of the game. Pickens had a fumble. Um, Frymuth had a fumble, which they, they overruled or overturned. But we were just careless. Um, we weren't prepared. Plain and simple. I don't know how else to, to say it. So we deserve to lose. Yeah, I mean, the thing is that we've been watching for 18 weeks this team. And we knew they were not good enough. You know, they were not good enough. And yes, fine, they were good enough to get into playoffs. But to win it all... Um, See, I and I disagree with that because I think... If I look at all these teams that are left, there's the 49ers, Detroit... They're kind of on their own. Then there's the Ravens, right? They're on their own too. But football, like I've always said, is a game of matchups. So I thought if we could beat the Bills, we play the Ravens, we have their number, we can beat the Ravens. And then after that, I don't know what's going to happen. We win more, one more game, we're in the Super Bowl. I look at the Detroit now, right? I said the same thing. They beat the Rams. I knew it was going to be a close game. They took care of business. They got fucking Tampa. <laughs> That's so easy win to me. They that, match up really well against Tampa. To, you have to win the division but because. But what I'm saying is, playing if, if at they, home, it's if, huge. Oh, absolutely, it's huge. Uh, but they got Tampa, so it just things worked has worked out in there in Detroit's favor. But it's not to say all these teams that are in the playoff is like vastly better than the other. Yeah, there's some teams that are like outliers, but I feel still think football is a game of matchups, and if you have the right matchup. If you line up in the right bracket, then you have a chance to make a run. Um, and if you're in the wrong one, well, you know, you're, they, you're out. So Steelers weren't in the wrong bracket. They were just a bad team. I think they were in the right bracket. Um, I think playing Buffalo in a clear day was a bad, it was a bad omen. But, you know, if they would have played Miami in Miami, I think, you know. It yeah, been, that's a more winnable game. I don't know how much more winnable it is because we don't have the guys to keep. We have like the slowest secondary. They got the fastest receivers in, in good weather. Tua can make 10 yard completions and Tyreek Hill can do, do the rest, you know, in good weather. So, you know, I think Miami would have been a worse matchup for them um, to be, to be honest with you. But I think we avoided that team. Um, we had an opportunity to win. We just didn't do. We just didn't come out and be physical, and that's the one thing I'm disappointed. In. I don't care about we, you know, us losing. Um, it sucks that they moved the game. It's you know, but to come to go out and just like come out a little bit flat with the wrong game plan, that was tough to watch. So, on to next year. One, two, three, Cancun. Mm, yeah, year eight now. Year yeah. eight. Yep. Uh, so let's talk about the divisional matchups because this is actually. You know, in years past, before they did this one-team bye week, the divisional matches were, you know, four teams would get the bye week. So there'd be four teams just waiting for the next one, and then they would just destroy them. I think that this this season, because they have the seven-team making the playoffs, I kind of I kind of like this better, because now only one team is really waiting for the other well, the rest just played. So let's talk about one of those teams, which is Houston at Baltimore. 
it's a nine point spread. The over under is 45 and a half. Ron, what's your prediction? Yeah, like I said, if Pittsburgh wasn't going to be playing Baltimore, I think Baltimore is going to run away with it. Um, now, they haven't played. The one thing I'll say for Baltimore is they haven't played in three weeks, right? They sat their starters week 18. They had a bye week. So this is like their third week. They're going to come out with a little bit of rust. Um, but I still got Baltimore winning pretty easily. I got 27-16 as a final score. Um, I think Baltimore is a better team. I think they've shown that the entire year. And I think Lamar is not going to let them let this season just go down a drain just because of a little bit of rust. I think they'll hold on to win. I think Lamar has a chip on his shoulder. I know that he got the big contract, but he hasn't won at all, right? And I think before he got the contract, that's what he kept talking about. He's like, I want to win it all to show management, to show the world that I'm worth it. So he has a chip on his shoulder. I also got them winning 24-17. CJ Stroud, I know last week I said uh, this story is over, but him and uh, D'Amico Ryans, they just keep winning. D'Amico Ryans, I'm, I'm almost like, I'm comparing him to Gerard Mayo. You know, they're both ex-players. They both play defense. I don't know if Gerard Mayo will have the same success that D'Amico Ryan is having, but I'm, I'm actually, it makes me feel good inside that a defensive coach can go and win these games. But the main ingredient here is that he actually has a pretty damn good quarterback. Absolutely. So this is going to be a, you know, a fun game to watch. I hope that, you know, like you said, it is close. And then second half, Baltimore just takes off. Uh, the next game is Green Bay at San Francisco. It's a nine and a half spread. Again, these are big spreads. Yeah. Matchups. Yeah. Uh, 50.5 is uh, over and under. Ron, what's your prediction? Yeah, I got 31-14 San Francisco winning. Uh, San Francisco, another team that sat there. Some of their starters, I think, the last week. Uh, but they'll come out prepared to Green Bay. It's been a great season, great run. This defense that you're facing is much, much better than Dallas. Um, it's not even close. And then, you know, San Francisco's offense, too. Um, you know, just they run the pro system. Like, you, they can beat you running, passing. They got, like, some guys that are tough to match with. So, um, 31-14, I don't even think it's going to be, a like, one of those games that's close. I just think it's, like, San Francisco scores early and often, and they kind of run away with it. Yeah, I, I see... The, the MVP, they haven't announced the MVP, right? No. I mean, you know, Baltimore has Lamar. I think San Francisco's have McCaffrey. And, you know, they have a healthy Debo. They have a healthy Kittle. They just a lot of, you know, up and down this roster. Just now they have two main guys on defense, Young and uh, Bosa. So I don't know if nine and a half seems about right. I think that's about right. Uh, so I have them winning 31 to 10. The next game, Tampa Bay at Detroit. This is a six and a half spread. 48.5 is the over and under. Ron, what's your prediction? Yeah, I don't see this game being close. You know, again, good season for Tampa. Glad they got in the playoffs, even though it was barely in the playoffs. 
Um, they had a, the perfect matchup for them that first week, right? You got a team that I said is dysfunctional in Philadelphia. But here's where it ends. Detroit, I think, is on a mission. And yeah, they don't always play a good four you know, quarters in every game. But I think this game being in Detroit, um, the coach is going to have them prepared. And this is going to, I also think it's going to get a little bit ugly. But I got 31 to 17 Detroit winning. I actually have, this is probably my, my upset of the divisional round. I have Tampa Bay winning 17-14 because I think Detroit offense is, you know, it's 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 pretty good, basically, what I'm trying to say. But there's some flaws, and I would think that they would score 30 points against the Rams easily because the defense is not that good. Tampa Bay, it's not that they have a top defense, but... You know, they have a defensive coach. They have the linebackers are still there. You know, they still have Vea still there. So, I mean, there's going to be some resistance. Will that be enough for Tampa Bay to win? I think so. But again, they're in and they're inside. So they have to worry about the weather. And I sent you that clip about that reporter. Yeah, yeah. You worry about the weather. And he's yeah. like, you know, Detroit, they're playing a dome, right? So it's like, why are you bringing that up? And I think that this is going to be, you know, impeded for them to beat Detroit. They have to play well. Uh, uh, May, uh, Baker Mayfield, I mean, he has a swag, but he has to back it up. Yeah. yeah. He has to back I love it up. Mayfield. I love his attitude. Love the energy he brings. You know, he's, you know, he, again, he's not like the perfect quarterback either. He has some shortfalls right but you know for what he is he's i wouldn't mind having him on my team yeah i wouldn't mind having any and that and what is this like his fourth team mm-hmm. fifth team i think only third right cleveland carolina carolina oh he rams he played for the rams that one time when Stafford got hurt did he yes mm. yes he's been Jeez. around he's been around uh the final game of the week kansas city uh buffalo this is the closest spread is two and a half, 46.50 and under. Ron, what's your prediction? Yeah, it's a tough game. I think it can go either way. Um, two and a half, you know, point spread to the home favorite is, like I said, is a, is a coin flip. So I got Kansas City, though, winning this one 24 to 21, even though I don't want to see anything about Taylor Swift or anything like that. Um, I think Kansas City, Mahomes, you know, I trust him a little bit more to make a good play and not to make a mistake, even though Allen didn't make any mistakes at all uh, in Pittsburgh or against Pittsburgh. So, but I got Kansas City winning this one because uh, I think they can do a little bit more running and passing. Um, but Buffalo is a good team, too. So it's it, it's going to be a great game. Yeah, I got I got Buffalo winning by flipping the score 24-21. I, I got Buffalo winning going all the way to the Super Bowl. Um, I think that they haven't forgotten about 2021, 13 second game. Um, they're better. Overtime changes rules because of that game. I there's a lot of you know there's a lot of backstory here, and one of these teams is gonna basically walk away. And the fact that Buffalo is at home. It's not really an advantage per se because these are both cold weather teams. So it's not like, you know, that's anything different. But I do expect 
Bill's Mafia to like be extra, extra loud. Yeah, forget that loud. They'll be throwing snowballs like they oh, did they, against Pittsburgh. They'll be doing everything. I, I think that there's some Canadian fans and they just they just do whatever they want. They're like, hey, we're gonna get we're gonna we're going back to but Canada anyway, so <laughs> what does it matter? So Ron, you know, this is probably the Tampa and Detroit and Kansas City Buffalo, the only two games that we kind of disagree on, but this is what the play. Yeah. Um so now that you don't have Pittsburgh in the Super Bowl anymore. So you're saying it's going to be Baltimore against Detroit? Yeah, Baltimore. I, you know, I've been on them the entire season. I thought they were going to, um, you know, make it for, for the AFC. Um, and I've flip flopped a lot on the NFC. I thought it was Philly initially beginning of the season. They flopped. Uh, and then I went. You know, I thought San Francisco looked so damn good, but. I want to go to Detroit. I think Detroit has been, if I'm not mistaken, they've been in my top five the entire year, um, if I'm not mistaken. Um, San Francisco may have been there too, or they may have fallen out at one point, but I I just think they got all, everything that they need, you know, offensively for sure. Defensively, I think they got just enough. Um, If they add, like, I'm just looking down the road next two, three years, they're going to be a team like you just can't mess with because offensively they already got all these young guys golf, you know, perfect quarterback for that situation. Defensively, they got Hutchinson was his second year branch is, you know, he's a rookie. Um, their linebacker, I think is a rookie too. They got a lot of young pieces and if they keep adding to that, they're a team that's going to be good for a while. I uh, Can they get over the hurdle now and beat, um, you know, get, to the championship and then beat San Francisco. I, I think so. Um, I think they'll have enough, but we'll see. Well, to me, to me, this is the only time Detroit has because even though they have a young, talented roster, Ben Johnson is already in. Yeah, he's gone. He's yeah. going to be gone. He's gone. That's and huge. When you lose a coordinator, ask Philly mm-hmm. what happens to your yeah. team. Yep, it's, it's true. not the same. It's true. It's not the same. So I think that this is their only chance. Can they be San Francisco? I don't think so. I think San Francisco is locked in. Um, I we you know just like you, I originally had Philly. Then I changed it. I bought into the hype. I thought Dallas was going to do it, but I'm back on the San Francisco train. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have Baltimore winning. So I have Baltimore, San Francisco. Usually doesn't happen. Either one of those two teams doesn't make the Super Bowl, but that it's. I'm still sticking to that team, uh, to that um, final. But Buffalo, I mean, if they win this game, they still have to play Baltimore in the championship. So yep. at Baltimore, so we'll see. Um, anything that you want to add before we shut this down? Uh, nah, really. I'm you know I I hope to enjoy the uh, rest of the playoffs. Looking forward to the Super Bowl you're hosting this year, which is good. And then I'm honestly, you know, I'm starting to try to push myself into basketball mo- mode, watching some of the Celtics. Um, I'll slowly get there. Undefeated at home. At home means nothing, but whatever. 20 and 0. <laughs> Hasn't happened to the uh, uh, Boston Celtics ever. Well, the 86 Celtics won 50 and 1. But I like this team. I like this team a lot. All right. So we're going to end it there. We're going to do the divisional uh, round next week. And then we'll have our conference championship matchups. 
look forward to that. And then um, actually, I just found out that I'm working a Pro Bowl. Oh, nice. So I'll be there watching what everybody play five football pretty much. Basically. Yeah, that's pretty much. That's going to be fun. So with that in mind, I'll say peace. Peace. Hey, guys. Thanks again for watching. Uh, Don't forget to like and subscribe. Any questions or comments, feel free to hit us up on uh, Shut Your Mouth Podcast at gmail.com. That's shutympodcast at gmail.com. You can also hit us on Twitter or on Instagram at SYM Podcast. Thanks again.